Hey everyone and welcome to Almost Cancelled, I am Peter, that is Connor and we are going to talk about Twin Peaks The Return Part 12. Full spoilers for the episode as always. <laughs> I feel like we've got a lot to talk about this one and it's not necessarily stuff that we A thought we were going to be talking about or B we're expecting from this episode. I think it's funny that you know based on the tease for this one which was that's rock, I think everyone had these grand ideas of what that's rock might be. To yeah. add into this, there was some hype happening on Twitter over the weekend. Uh, Kelly McLachlan was hyping up this episode, as I think the uh, Twin Peaks account was. Um, and the last time they were hyping up an episode, it was episode 8. So, naturally, mm. expectations begin to rise a little bit. Uh, what I think's happened there, though, and is that they, or at least McLachlan, didn't know what was actually it. Like, so, uh, they were hyping up before episode ten. There was some hype on Twitter about Shelley, like f- finally finding out, like about you know, was she married to Bobby? What happened with Becky and all that? But then that didn't actually come to episode eleven. So I've got a sneaking suspicion the actors are, are off, are off a little bit. Like maybe like scenes have been juggled around later on in the the process, mm. um, especially when it's not Kelly McClack and it's actors who only got pages of their own scenes and maybe you know it's, it's highly expected and the reason why i think that's happened here as well with uh mclachlan is because when he hyped the episode he was specifically hyping something with candy and uh, you know watching the episode there's not a single scene of candy in the entire thing which makes me think that whatever he was expecting to see in this episode has maybe been pushed to next, yeah i think next one. i think because the nature of the show is obviously it's very serialized and they mm. obviously only know their parts or most of the actors only know their parts like you were talking about the scripts there but because it often goes episodes without seeing, say, one plot or another, mm. it's easy to go, oh, we'll have that in episode 13 instead of 12 at any point in the process. Yeah, it wouldn't even surprise me if some of these plots were shot not knowing like how they were going to be dispersed out. It was just later in the editing room he sat down and went, okay. Yeah, it was like, right, I know I need all of this stuff and it has to come to a point by this point in the plot. Hmm. But I've got freedom to, you know, tie them into as to become yeah. episodes which, later which, on. You know, is for better or worse. I think I think binging is going to make that work wonderfully. I think week to week, occasionally we get an episode that's a little bit more frustrating because it feels like it wasn't really thought that. Oh, is this satisfying as a week of TV episode? Right, and, and I think that that boils down to just the fact they're not calling it episodes; they're calling it parts. Yeah, and yeah that's true. I think that's indicative of what this is. It it is I mean, part twelve, not. Obviously, I've been interchangeably saying part in the episode as I've been going, and I think everyone probably has been, because it's, it's TV, that's yep. how you think of it, but uh, it, that's a very conscious choice, I think, uh, on mm. on the part of the show. Um, this is a very m- mixed episode. I think there's half of this is really good, specifically the first half, and then the yep. second half raises a lot of really interesting things to talk about, uh, and not all necessarily for the right reasons. Um Again, I think the stuff that doesn't work quite as well will probably work better later with more information and hindsight. Um, but right now, some of the stuff in the latter half of the episode is a little bit weird. Yeah, and, and it's not the good kind of weird either. It's just... It, instead of the weird where it feels like, oh, I need to know things, yeah, yeah. It, 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 said it feels like I'm just missing information at times. To a point, but I'll, I'll get on my actual thoughts on... And there's a specific Sorry, scene well, when we get to it, we're yeah. both talking about, and I think yeah. when we get there, we'll... Well, I'll go, go into my thoughts on it more then. Um, 
some really exciting stuff early on here. I will say this is obviously by far the least amount of Kel McLachlan in any episode so far. He's on yes. screen for about twenty seconds of <laughs> that, which if isn't that, this yeah. a big deal. It's just, it's just. Well, well, yeah, that's horrible. what I mean when I was talking about it. It, you know, it can, it can juggle plots around, and yeah. you know, okay, we won't have that in this one. We'll have it in the next one, and because obviously that that will have all been filmed at whatever point, and it's, it's lined up sequentially in its own story. But there's only certain points where things have to be done by for things to line up. Yeah. So, so we start in the hotel in uh, South Dakota with uh, Gordon, Albert, and Tammy. And uh, first, first things first, this room has red curtains. Don't... I noticed that instantly. Yeah, don't, don't think we didn't notice that. And if you didn't notice it here, you certainly noticed it when Diane walked through the red curtains. It was like, holy shit, that's just... Yeah, no, no I noticed it really early because Tammy's hair is actually this kind of dark red, and it was really blending with the curtains. Noticing the redheads in the show, are you keeping track? Well, well no, no, but it was dyed red, not 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 like proper redhead. It was a, it was a red dye, and it was not blending a, with the curtains. Not a true curtains. redhead. You're no, looking no, down at her because she's fake. Uh, fake redhead. She's, she's, she's not one of us. Same goes for <laughs> strawberry blondes. They don't count either. <laughs> that's natural, well, though. Not, uh, yeah, that's natural, but they're not redheads. I will be, I'll be having none of that nonsense. Very inclusive club you've got there. Everyone's dying to get in, I'm sure. Um, so, so they're sitting there and they're, they're talking, and basically this, the point of this scene, at least this first half of it, is Albert's explaining to Tammy uh, what what Blue Rose is, what the Blue Rose Task Force specifically is, and how it came from Project Project Blue Book, which happened so, in the 70s. Some of this feels like, hey, if you didn't watch Firewalk with me, we'll we'll finally catch you up. True. That said, though, uh, obviously he said Philip Jeffries re- uh, led this task force, and uh, he included three. He sort of recruited three uh, agents for it. One was himself, Albert. One was Cooper, and he did name drop uh, Chet Desmond, who of course was the agent in Firewalk with me, who disappeared. Yeah. So nice to get that name mentioned. <laughs> it feels like if you know, we could have almost never heard that throughout this entire season. Yeah, it wouldn't have really mattered, would it? Yeah, but at least, you know, it's like, okay, right, so there's your three players, and as Albert rightly points out, he's the only one who's not disappeared under mysterious circumstances <laughs> since the inception of it, so, hey, that's that's good. Um, so they basically, they, they offer Tammy uh, sort of to join the, the task force, that is the, the purpose here, uh, and some really cool music plays as this is happening, and it sounded mm-hmm. kind of familiar, uh, and I, I did some digging here, because... I couldn't quite place it, but it did sound familiar. And I was wondering, was it from the series? Was it from the movie? Uh, was it something returning? And it seems like it is, but not the same version. It yeah, it's like, definitely a, a new arrangement. Yeah, it's an instrumental version of a song that was in Fire Walk With Me, I think. That seems to be the ongoing consensus right now. Uh, okay. One of the songs it it, it definitely movie. sounded like a fresh arrangement, so... Yeah. yeah. But it is. It's definitely. it definitely sounds familiar. It doesn't sound like it's a new... You know, a, a completely new yeah. composition. Um, so, and she she accepts obviously that they have their way. Diane steps through the red curtain, of course, very in in her red top. And a red top. I didn't note down the red top. I, I thought it was actually really notable. Just to skip ahead in, in a little bit, when we see Diane later, where she's not wearing a red top. So I think it's really notable that you go right, pay attention to her in this scene specifically because there's where she's wearing the red. Is that maybe indicating that when she's wearing the red, she is? being her true self and when she's not wearing the red she is putting on an act of some kind mm, could be that would be interesting because given the later scene is when she's texting doppelkoop and this scene right. is when she's with the main group and she's right yeah and when she's texting uh later on she's wearing green yeah 
It could be so, any color, but yeah, it's not yeah, red. Yeah, yeah, but it was just yeah, very clear. Like it, it was couldn't be any further from red, really. Yeah, and they basically they offer to deputize Diane for the purpose of this case. Um, now, of course, from their perspective, I think they're keeping her close. They want to keep an eye on her. They want to keep an eye on what she's doing, all that kind of thing. Uh, and this is where the uh, the tease for the episode came in. She said, "Let's rock." It was be- notable. It was after she says, "Okay, what's in this for me?" It's like, "Oh, you get paid a little bit." Also, you get the satisfaction of finding out what happened to your old friend Cooper, and that's when she like sort of like that, yeah. you know, in a very Diane way. That's rock. So, uh, so that that was the the opening scene. Um, interesting stuff. I, I I like the music coming in. Certainly, I like the uh, just the confirmation of Blue Rose being a thing where it came from. The yeah, fact I enjoyed it a lot. I don't think there was much new information, but I think it was interestingly done. Not, yeah, not a whole lot of new information, but it put a lot of things in stone. Um, and I think the, you know, if that track is from Firewalk with me, it's very interesting that that specifically plays as we're getting a new agent in the team. Because certainly, I mean, obviously we got a lot of Albert and Gordon popping up in the original show, but certainly the movie had more of a sense of okay, we're following the agents going out to a thing. You know, that was more yeah, of the that was that thing. was focused on the the wider world rather yeah. than just Cooper, which everything in Twin Peaks before was. Yeah, and obviously this series feels a lot like that, where there's a lot of different, you know, there's yeah. Vegas, there's them in South Dakota, there's all these things going on. Um, so then we cut to a quick scene of Jerry back in the forest, or actually he's running out of the forest specifically. He's, yeah. uh, he's, he's got out of the trees and he's he's stumbling over himself and falling down in the grass, uh, but he seems to be out of the woods. <laughs> and I'm, I'm phrasing it like he? that, <laughs> I'm phrasing it very specifically like that. Uh, does that mean that someone else is out of the woods? I don't know. <laughs> Um, or at least close to finding civilization because he's out of the woods. He's hoping. Is Cooper close? Is what I'm saying. Go, go with a previous series. Uh, I always forget that someone may just be, may have clicked on this. And this may be their first ever like video yeah. from us about Twin Peaks. So just the running theory from us right now is that Jerry is somehow, well, seemingly high, a conduit for what Cooper's feeling. Like the real Cooper, where he feels lost, and like there's been things, you know, there's been hints where he's talking about a car, and Dougie Cooper's like had issues with the car, and there's been all these things that have kind of lined up. And we have this theory going that he's somehow feeling some of his feelings, uh, and it's all a metaphor for what Cooper's going through. That's the running thing for us right now. But, um, so then we, then we cut to the supermarket where we, yeah, Sarah Palmer, who we've not really yeah. seen since uh, I think the end of the second episode when we've seen her in the house. Um, no, I don't think we have. And she, she's here. She's buying lots of booze. Clearly, she's still struggling with everything she's went through uh, in her life. You know, the fact that her, her, her husband and daughter yeah. are, are, have been gone now for twenty five years, and she's just alone. Uh, really, really depressing. Um, interestingly, I can confirm this scene does have music from Firewalk with Me. In it. Interesting. That's as the music in this scene is from Firewalk with Me, um, and possibly also when she's answering the door later on. Uh, but definitely this scene. Um, but she she goes to the counter and she she becomes obsessed because there's now a, a second type of jerky. There's, yeah. there's the beef jerky, but there's a new turkey jerky. And I'm thinking doppelgangers. I'm thinking you know. Yeah, something's just not quite right. Yeah, and obviously she's lived in a house where you know at least one person changed, and she noticed maybe the changes, and she was maybe putting them down and like trying to ignore them and all that kind of thing. Um, so that so that's very much uh very much a thing. So she's worrying about the worrying about the jerky. The the teenagers who are behind the counter are freaking out. Like yeah, because to be fair, she's getting pretty agitated and just yeah, she starts getting. I've actually written down what she said here because I, I just I thought maybe there's some interesting stuff in here we can glean 
mm. from what she said. Um, when you, what was it? Were you here when they first came? Your room seems different, and men are coming. Yeah, it was the men are coming bit that I found interesting because obviously we know Sarah Palmer can see things. We've had that, mm, yeah, yeah, in the past. In the past. Yeah. So I think disregarding things that she says would be foolish. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, so so it's helpful, but there seemed to be more because what she was saying didn't coincide with what was going on. In front no, of it her. didn't. So certainly it feels like there's more to what she's saying here. And she said men are coming. I was instantly thinking of woodsmen. Yeah. Yeah. My mind jumped straight to that. Um, your room seems different. Is she talking about the lodge? Is she talking about Laura's room? Is she talking about the woodsman's like house that we saw, you know, in the last episode? I don't know what room she's talking about, but certainly seems talking about something like that. Um, yeah. And then she says, "I'm trying to tell you that things happen. Something's happened to me. Um, I don't feel good." And she talks to herself and says, "Sarah, stop doing this. Uh, you know, something's happened to me." You know, is something Lodge-like happened to her? Well, that's it. I think it's interesting that nothing did actually happen to her directly that we saw. You know, things happened around her and they affected her. But did well, they... Unless, I mean, if she's the girl in the, the 50s... If that is the... I mean, okay, based on just what we know as fact. Like sure, yeah. Right. If, if she is that girl, then this makes more sense. Hmm. Um... So, yeah, so she, she freaks out and she leaves, and the teens are kind of like... I actually really like the girl's reaction, where she's just like, what? <laughs> like, at the end, she, it was a genuine sort of thing, and then the guy's like, I know where she lives, I mean, I can deliver them, I, I guess. It was nice of him. Uh, very, very, very non-committal of him, I guess. <laughs> he doesn't um, really want to go and see her again, though, after that, does he? No, she's clearly freaking them out. Um, so we we'll go to the trailer park uh, for a quick scene with uh, Carl and he, someone who lives here named Chris Skull. I've written down. Is that the right name? Um, see, it's such a weird name. I'm doubting if I wrote down the right thing. I'm just reading my hand. Right it here. sounds roughly right. Chris something. Chris Skull. Chris Chris Skull. I think it was Chris Skull. Um, so yeah, so, so he comes out and basically, I mean, the purpose of this scene, for the most part, seemed to be. Uh, showing that Carl cares about his tenants, he cares about people. Yeah, it's just showing us, reinforcing that he's a he's a good guy. Yeah, um, actually, I saw a funny comment online actually during the week that uh, suggested he maybe he's like an old book book house boy because he has like the the yeah you know, he had the radio to talk to the sheriff and stuff. I was like, oh yeah, that kind of makes uh, sense. I'd buy it. I can see it. Um, but uh, yeah, so he's basically Crystal's been given blood so he can afford to eat. And Carol points out that he's he's been doing work around the you know around the trailer park for various people you know installing like a tank or something like that doing some lawn work, um, and he's like, did you get paid for any of this? And he's like, no. He's like, so he hands him like fifty dollars, and says, don't pay your rent this month. Uh, so obviously, like, how, how many landlords offer? Right, that's that? it. He's going look. <laughs> so I, I I can't just do this for nothing because it would you you wouldn't accept it as charity, but if you go. Hey, you've been doing these jobs and accept it as payment. It kind of mm. makes Crystal feel better about it. Yeah, I think that's the that's the way to look that he's looking at. He's going, even though I'm sure he would just offer it as charity immediately. Go look if you're that badly in need, you you know I'll, I'll help you out because that's clearly this is showing the kind of man that he is. But he presents it in a way that Crystal still has some pride. 
Yeah, I'm also wondering, because the whole thing is about giving blood, and he says, you've given too much. Um, and yeah. I understand they need blood, but you've you've given too much. And I, I'm wondering if that's maybe talking about... Uh, maybe this is a stretch, but I'm just thinking, like, Cooper, like, Cooper's given so much. Like, yeah. he's given up 25 years of his life because he was trying to, like, solve everything. Um, like, is there something to read in here where it's like a metaphor for what Cooper's done and what he's he's given up and the life he's given that maybe he does deserve at the end of this show to actually get the rest of his life back and live? Yeah, no, so, it, it plays nicely. Uh, speaking of Cooper, we do cut to him for his one short scene. Him and Sonny Jim go out to the yard uh, to play a little catch. Sonny Jim throws the ball at him and it smacks just hits him in the him. head. Oh, it's not his head; it's his shoulder. Oh, sorry. Um, it's because his head moves back when it hits him. Yeah, and then he just sort of looks around and he's sort of confused. Um, <laughs> I don't have a metaphor for this scene. I really wanted one. I think I couldn't quite get it, to it's, it. It's it's still just he's literally just being hit by things and stood there taking it as as much as hmm. I can get. Like you know, things just keep coming at him and keep hitting him, but he's not falling down. He's just literally just standing there taking the hits. What I do want to point out about this scene, though, is that it's the first scene in the episode where this episode, what I believe this episode's theme is, is fatherhood appears. It's, mm. uh, this is a father who's... It's not really his father, but he's he's, he's going out and playing catch anyway. There's like, it's, it's, it it's, kind of feels like saying he's he's absent even though he's there. Yes. Which I think is, a, is an ongoing theme as well. In, yes. in some respects. So, let me cut to... Uh, well, we, we actually cut to some uh, shots of the trees and stuff of Twin Peaks. Laura's team plays, uh, and here it's actually quite a nice leading because it goes to the house, it goes to the Palmer house, and it's, it's, it's hot coming to check up on Sarah. Um, my favourite part of all this, though, the ceiling fan. Yeah, that was fantastic. Especially since, I mean, that, that popped up a lot in the original series. It popped up, they had that great moment in Fire Walk with me, you know, when Laura was yeah. freaking out up at the fan. Certainly that fan has been very symbolic throughout this show. Seeing it again felt like a big deal. This is nice to see that. I mean, I think we've got an establishing shot of the house back in, when we first saw Sarah, but I feel like here, it was like, oh, I actually, I actually have time to take it in and recognise that it's the same little stair waking up yeah, to the house. Yeah, the, the, the fan shot is so great because it's, you know, it's the shadows of the bl- of the blades mm. don't line up. And it, it's like this, it creates this great visual effect, I think. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's proper good. Um, and obviously, as he's talking to her, he hears a noise. And he's like, oh, is there someone else there? And she's like, no, it's just someone in the kitchen. And I immediately feel like, oh, I feel like she's lying about something. There's something she's, going on she's, in there. She's too agitated, still. Something shifty. And I'm like, has she been doppelganged? <laughs> like, yeah, she's, that... she's proper, like, keeping him at the door as well. Like, he's, he's always like, do you want to come in and take a look? And nah, she's just like, no, you're staying there. Yeah, she's making sure. And I just think it's... I was just kind of joking when I was thinking of this, but I was like, oh, I bet that guy did go to deliver the goods and she's got him, like, tied up and bleeding in the kitchen and, like, she's murdering him. She's went, <laughs> she's went proper crazy. Oh, if that's where it's gone. <laughs> It'll be a proper, proper depressing ending for her after all, everything that's happened to her. It would. Um, but, no, so... No, really, listen, I, th- I thought she did a great job, actually. All her facial expressions were really... Like, they, they were proper telling this story you couldn't quite decipher yet. Where I was like, okay, there's more going on here, and she's like giving you all these reactions that aren't quite right, um, and it was really working for me. I was it was really really good, um, but yeah. So that was basically it. She basically just tells, no, I'm fine, and he offers if you need anything, you know, call like you know anything yeah. at all, um, and she just sort of yeah, oh, thanks, Hawk, and shuts the door on him. But ceiling fan, that ceiling fan means something. I'm saying it. I'm sure it does. 
Uh, we briefly cut to the hospital to show that Miriam is in uh, life support. That's basically the whole whole, whole thing. Um, and then we cut to Diane in the bar, uh, not wearing red, as pointed out earlier. And she gets a text, uh, Las Vegas, question mark. And then she responds, they haven't asked yet. Yeah. That's all it is. But that says a lot. <laughs> it does. And obviously this, this comes up later. And, and just to reference their conversation, when Gordon and Albert mention hmm. this text, and they say, what do we know that we haven't asked? Well, I think before we even get to what they know and haven't asked, I think clearly Doppelkoop's expecting them to eventually look, get to Vegas and find out about Cooper in some yeah. capacity. Diane seems to also know something about Vegas because she... I mean, at the very least, I mean, even if she doesn't know anything, at the very least, him asking about Vegas says to her there's something going on in Vegas that they've not asked about yet. Right, it means that she knows that there's something there. Even if she doesn't know what, she knows there's something yeah. to do with Vegas happening. Um, So, I don't know. And again, if we, if we stick to this, if we go with that idea that when she's not wearing red, she's not really being her, she's uh, putting on this front light. You know, she, she has a good motive for what she's doing here, even if she has been kind of shady, seemingly, and like going behind their backs. It's possible. Uh, I'd, I'd really quite like it if that turns out to be the case. I know that's kind of just wishful thinking on some level. Well, you hope, uh, you know, Cooper talking to Diane all those times, you really hope that she's not evil. That would be nice, wouldn't it? Yeah. At least if she is, like, I, I would get behind the idea that it's actual Doppelcoop that's corrupted her. Like, you know, true evil is is what's pulled her down. Yeah, it'd be a good reason, especially it coming from Cooper in, mm. in some respects. That'd be a, a good way for it to happen. Um, so that's listening. Then we go to Ben at the Great Northern, and uh, Frank shows up, Sheriff Truman, uh, to talk to him, uh, and basically fills him in on everything that his shitty grandson has done. Um, in the last few days, which is kill a kid, yeah, and beat up a woman who saw him kill the kid, and so 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 much so that she's in intensive care. And you know, when he mentions no insurance, Ben's like, oh no, it's taken care of. So showing that again, Ben is a decent person. He's... I mean, to be fair, Truman leads him a little bit. He's like, if you wouldn't mind, it, well, it does, but like. It, you, you, you'd like to think Ben would offer anyway at this point in his life. But the, the, way, the way he reacts when he realises that what he's saying to him, it doesn't sound like, oh, sure, yeah, I'll do that. It's, it's definitely like, oh, of course I'm going to do that, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Um, especially since later in the scene when he's telling Beverly to go make the call and set it up, he's, it seems very genuine as he's asking her to do, do it. Yeah, he's like, seem... do, it, do it now. Like, he's very... Yeah, don't wait. Like, don't wait till the morning and do it now, even though it's late. Um, yeah. And he almost seems like annoyed at himself that he's forgotten her last name when he's like asking that later on. Yeah, he's like, oh, I don't know who it is because I mean, like, how many people just came in that day named Miriam on yeah. life support? So, but um, that was good stuff. So, so yeah, so this goes on, uh, and they they bring up the key. He's like, oh, and what I liked about this when he brings up the key, he's like, oh, maybe maybe Harry would like this, and I like this because even though we can't have Harry, I like that this this has been brought up in the sense that you know Cooper and Harry bonded a lot; they meant something to each other. I like that that's how this has been brought up. It's like, oh, maybe Harry would like this because they did grow close. Yeah, it's, like, it's no good to us anymore, this yeah. key. Um, and obviously he does not. It's weird that key shows up now, you know, given what we're looking into and, you know, after all this time, mm -hmm. you know, so they do acknowledge that. Um, but here's, the, here's the, the real meat of this conversation that gets really interesting. Um, so, Richard, so, sorry, Ben says, Richard never had a father. Yeah. 
And that really does point to uh, the current theory that Doppelkoop is the father of Richard. Which, A, we've, we've been thinking that all along because he's such an evil scumbag that the fact that you know he may have been spawned from pure evil makes yeah. a lot of sense. I, I just want to put out there that if it happens, I'm calling just, just on the off chance, massive swerve, it's not Audrey's kid, it's Donna's. I don't, I don't think it, I don't think it is for any moment, but just in case that swerve comes out, I want it on record that during this scene I, I wrote that down just in case. They've made a point of not saying the name, so the the opportunity is definitely open. I, I think it, I do think it's a little bit weird if that's the case. I, I agree. That Richard, it doesn't really make sense to me that Richard still calls like. Uh, no, I suppose that was I would still be his grandma. I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. Um. That that would feel like a swerve. I mean, it would work, I guess. I, I I'm not sure I'd be happy with it. Admittedly, it'd be I'm really just... strange to do that though if we can't have Donna to sort of confront what he is. I agree. Yeah, that'd be really strange to do that. Um... It would, but just just a possibility. Just because obviously that that stuff with Donna at, at the end of the the show never actually went anywhere. Well, here's here's the thing though. Why would it be called Horn? Yeah, unless Donna, you know, went all in on that. I don't see her changing her name Horn. I, I don't either. The, the only but... way it'd be her kid and his name's Horn is if she immediately said, "I I don't want to do this." Gave him to the grandparents and just went. And that, that no, way it's, it's it's possible. And that's why he would take the, the grandparents' yeah. name. But otherwise, he wouldn't be called Horn. He'd be called uh... no. Haywood. Sorry. Haywood. Haywood. There you go. No. Uh... Yeah, especially since we talked about that family, it's not. Like... It, it is, it is. But I'm just, I'm just saying it's, it's a possibility. Even though it is a possibility, I, I, sure. I agree, it's very unlikely, and I'd be yeah. very shocked and kind of it, maybe a little it, bit disappointed. Especially since if Doppelkoop is the father, I really don't think it would mean as much if it was Donna he'd, he'd done this to. No, it wouldn't. So yeah, so I'm still, I'm still thinking Audrey, but yeah, yeah, sure. me too. Um, but here's, here's where the theme of fatherhood comes back in. And obviously that itself is obviously fatherhood, but that leads Ben on a little story uh, about his father buying him a bike when he was a kid. Um, and I've written down fatherhood's the theme of the episode. There's a lot of father stuff. Obviously we had the stuff with uh, Cooper a little bit before. Here it's, it's especially poignant because uh, Beverly even gets emotional as he's telling the story. And he, he ends the, he reaffirms everything he just said by saying, I love that bike my father got got for me like he he, he emphasised that at the end how important his father was to him and how that's maybe helped him turn out okay and it's funny that Bobby also turned out okay largely because it's, he had a, a good strong father figure right um, that's it I, I think it, it's it's not just a theme of this episode I think it's a theme of this this season oh sure but I think this episode specifically has a lot of different examples of it it does yeah because uh, that's only two there's at least another couple coming up so yeah. um, I, I think that's uh I just I I think this episode had uh, that was definitely the theme. Whereas you know last week we had the we had the theme of parenting in general last last week you know right uh, and like parents working as a team and that kind of thing. Whereas this week it's very much focused on uh, fathers either being there, not being there, or being there but being shitty. All yeah. these kind of things. It, like it, it's kind of just the result a father has had on their child by being there, not being there, you know whatever their actions have been, good or bad. It's just this is the result, and that's kind of what this episode is looking at. Um, so, so that that was that was the scene. Uh, next, we cut to the the hotel again, uh, and we had Gordon 
with a a French woman in a red dress. Yeah, drinking red wine. Drinking red, sure. <laughs> it's more red. Just, uh, just um, put it out there. So, and Albert knocks on the door. Albert comes in, and he's like, "Okay." And I kind of got that he was probably going to talk about the text, like you know, the monarch and Diane. That's probably what's going to come up. Yeah. So he, he says, "Oh, maybe your friend should uh, leave. Wait, wait somewhere else." And you know, Albert. Oh, so Gordon says, uh, uh, "Can you can you wait down the bar? I'll, I'll call you. You know, in a few minutes when we're done." And then proceeds to be a very obscenely long exit where she takes a long time. She takes another drink. She puts on some lipstick. She she's constantly smelling. She's happy with what she's doing. She's almost making almost making a little show of it. You know, where she kicks the leg up and it's all this little yep. thing. And she she's very quiet. I actually appreciated the sound design of this scene. There was this like you could constantly hear the breathing of what was going on, but it was very quiet otherwise, and it felt very realistic. Yeah, it was like the, the rustling of her moving around. Yeah, like everything felt very like you, because everyone was waiting for her to leave. You could hear every little noise. You were paying attention. Yeah, to everything it. was exaggerated, wasn't it? Um, and she does a couple of things. I don't want to point out actually. Back when uh, Gordon was uh, chatting up Shelley back in the show. He had a line along uh, something. I might be get paraphrasing slightly, but it was something like, "Oh, a, a girl like that makes you want to learn to speak French." So I thought that was an interesting little yeah, callback yeah. to that. Uh, that he's with a French woman, but she she's taking a long time. She's going over the door. She's doing these little poses every so often. And Albert, like you can just see the frustration the, on his the face. Death stare he gives is amazing as it's going on, and he's just like, "Would this bitch just leave, please? I've got business to get to." And oh, Gordon's, of course going along with it. He's, he's very happy the whole time. You know, she, she, she says something a little bit after she drinks the wine. He's like, it's a good one. Like, you know, he's yeah. going along with the whole thing. Uh, I thought this was a very meta scene. This was a commentary on the audience. Albert being the audience and... Getting impatient. Getting impatient. The woman being this season of the show and Lynch essentially being himself. Yeah, it, w- it was kind of like, look, we're putting a show on it. But eventually, things are going to get to where you want them to. Just just wait it out. Yeah, because it was like, yeah, some people would want or just to get to the door. Just have the things happen that are going to happen. But it's not, but, no, there's, a, there's a show to it. There's a, a drawing out. There's a little song yeah, and dance and that you've goes got, along with it. Yeah, you know, Lynch literally just stood there enjoying it. Yeah, he, yeah, he's just happy. He's like, oh, this is great. I'm enjoying this. Yeah, yeah exactly. So, oh, that was the scene. That was the scene. Uh, I think it's, it's, it's very telling that, even back when they were filming, Lynch was—he was very aware of how people were going to re- react. Oh, he knew what he was doing. He—he he he, is yeah, playing he, the audience it. like a fiddle. Right, exactly. He knows people are going to be frustrated. He knows people want things. They want answers. They want events to happen. And he's like, "Look, I know that, but just just shut up and enjoy." So the scene obviously goes on when she leaves, and we find out about text that eventually. But uh, before we get to that. Uh, Gordon explains who that was, kind of. Not really, but he, he gives some information that doesn't really make a lot of sense. And again, comparing things in this to Firebolt with me, this was a very reminiscent... If you remember Neil start Firebolt with me when he introduces the, the woman with the blue rose and it's all codes for what the yeah. case is, uh, that this little story reminded me a lot of that. And I don't know if if she actually is meaning something like that, but that's how it came off, like the way he said it. She, she's visiting a friend of her mother whose daughter has gone missing... Her mother owns a turnip farm. I told her, told her that her daughter would turn up soon, which is obviously a very bad joke. And maybe yeah. maybe that's the whole thing. It was just leading to a bad joke. There was no meaning in it. But you start hearing it, and it sounds like that thing from Firewalk with me, and that was specifically designed to give information in that movie. That was, that was the whole point. It was a yeah. hidden message. 
So you're looking for the hidden message, and it's just a bad joke. So I, I get it's it. It's just funny. subverting the expectations again, isn't it? Yeah, Albert's not very amused, though, to the whole thing. Again, Albert's very much the audience. Uh, Albert's being Albert. Yeah. Uh, they explain the Diane text, um, and they're like, okay, what do, what, yeah, what do we... What, what, what could we ask that we've not asked uh, that leads to Las Vegas? So hopefully we'll get some explanation of that in the next episode. Um, I just want to point at the end of this scene, which I liked a lot, is uh, Albert says, what kind is it? And then, Al- and then Gordon's like, checks his watch, it's 11.05. And yeah, Albert just stares just at him. Stares. It is the death stare. And I, I feel like, kind of like back when he, he, you know, when, uh, he said, say please, and Gordon pretended not to hear, and he called his bluff. I feel yeah. like that stares like... I know you put this on extra. Like, is yeah, it... I, I was like, I know you heard me. And he's just waiting there to see if Gordon's like, all right, okay, I'll tell you. And Gordon just puts his hand <laughs> hand on the shoulder and says, you know, Albert, sometimes I really worry about you. <laughs> As if he's the one who's acting weird. It, just, it, it was just a really f- good comedy. This scene definitely had some good comedy uh, throughout. Uh, Sarah Palmer brought the weirdness. Uh, Albert and the team brought the comedy. Uh, and that's good stuff. There's a little bit of Hawk and whatnot. But I want to point out actually, Hawk's scene with uh, Sarah was quite touching as well from his side of it. Like the, the fact that he generally cared. It, you know, it felt like you know the old timers do care about each other. Um, yeah. And you felt that during that scene. That's why. Do, do you know? I, I I I forgot to mention. You know when he was walking up to the door from behind, mm. I noticed that from behind he kind of looks like Bob. You know, oh, now with the hair. Yeah. 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 Just the, the image of him walking up to the door like that just it immediately just reminded me of it. Yeah, obviously not in the original show because he had the, the black hair, but yeah. Right, right. But I'm just looking at it going, oh, it just looks like Bob walking up to the door. That was, <laughs> that was great. Um, so next scene, we had a little bit of Chantel and Hutch, which is uh, the, the Tim Roth and Jeffrey Jason Lee characters. Uh, that Doppelkoop has sent on this assassination mission to kill the warden from the prison, which they do. And there's a little bit of bickering about how Tim Roth wants to like we should kidnap him and torture him for a little bit. It's like, nah, I'm hungry. Let's go to Wendy's. I want, I want food. Well, I want a burger. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but again, fatherhood. Uh, as he dies, uh, his son comes running out of the house, and it's like this is a father that's just been taken away, and the effect that that may have in him now. Yeah, because uh, that son has to grow up without that father. Yeah. So again, he really, really hammering home that that theme in this episode. Um, but that was pretty much it. I, I do want to point out here though because we don't get any doppelkoop in this episode I mean, we didn't get any of them in the last episode either and I'm actually not I, I don't, I'm not pissed at that I actually think it's really smart at this point to leave him off camera for a while because he's the villain he's the creepy bad guy yeah it makes you get, wonder right what's he doing because yeah, I, I assume when we catch up with him it's not going to be directly after we last saw him he's going to have moved ahead his plans yeah. are going to have been moving and we're going to catch up with where he is now well, I've actually got and a theory I, on that later on okay because I was just thinking, it's like it kind of leaves you going, "What's he up to?" We, we're not seeing him, and it's effective because I'm like, you in the back of your head, you're going, "What's he planning? What, what's yeah. his next move?" I think it works not seeing him. I think obviously this reminds us that he's out there, and it reminds us that they had a job, and we know they're going to Vegas next. That was their next plan, mm. so uh, maybe we'll see that come to a head next episode. Um, and then, unfortunately, we cut to <laughs> Jacoby uh, for another session of Doctor Amp, and this once again. I mean, the last one good had the good little joke about the shovel and Nadine had the, the shovel on the window, and that was funny. Yeah. Uh, this, on the other hand, felt like it offered little to nothing new. The, the only thing I've noted down is that some of the... He's talking about politicians. It, some of that felt very relevant, like it was very specific. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's arguably that, that what he said is always, always relevant, but it just right now it feels extra specific. Um, 
but otherwise it felt like a very similar the same things Nadine at one point say, says, I, I, I didn't even me. write anything down for this scene because I was like That's fair. I, don't, I don't need it I just put I just put Jacoby scene you know it happened yeah. but it didn't need anything other than that yeah I don't, I don't think we did a third one of these especially not so soon after the last one yeah especially since we thought the second one was too long it had a couple of good little moments but otherwise it was too long and it felt very redundant this one especially yeah. feels redundant to me so because yeah, it's because it shows the commercial. It's the same commercial again, right? It's I just don't understand why we're seeing it so. Much. It feels like this must be important somehow because we're seeing it so much. I think but... Nadine's with her super strength is going to use a gold shovel to save the world. That's my that's my, my current thing. Uh, if 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 this ends with Nadine the super strength using a gold shovel to smack Doppelcoop in the face, <laughs> I, I I will take back everything I've said about this plotline being bad. I, I I agree. I agree. <laughs> I agree. Uh, so that, then, I I was not prepared for the next cut. It cut no, to the either. next scene, and there was a moment of like, nah, it can't be. Uh, yeah, just yeah. That, that, it's this. This is one of those few times where there was instant recognition for me. Yeah. All season we've been theorizing. Everyone's been theorizing. Everyone's been like, "Oh, when's Audrey coming back? How? How? What's going to lead to a return? It's going to be a big moment. It's going to be this, you know, big, you know, scene when she comes in because it's a big deal. Uh, maybe with Cooper, maybe with something else. Um, and in this scene especially as well has been talking a lot about Richard and his heritage and where he came from and how awful he is and all the rest of it. And it just cuts to Audrey standing there, just cuts yeah. to her, just just standing there. Yeah, and, and that's it. I, I literally just put, wait, Audrey, just just like that. Like that was my notes um, uh, at first. And obviously, there's a second of like, did he just cut to Audrey like that? That's so so. Weird. That's all weird trust. But then I got excited. I'm like, okay, what's the scene? Where is she? What's yeah, she doing? Was, what's was, going yeah, on? Yeah, exactly. Uh, after after a couple of seconds of, he just cut to her like that. But whatever, right? Audrey's here. What's happening? And this is a weird thing to say, but it's probably one of the most disappointing scenes of the entire season and it, it's what and i get the joke there is a i mean there's a joke in here about you know having these expectations and they've been completely dumb especially since the whole thing builds up to a phone call she doesn't get to hear the other side of and then she doesn't get told what the other side was i mean the whole thing builds up to that so it, it, i get the intention i get it it kind of feels cruel though doesn't it because like lynch knows We've been waiting for this. Uh, again, like we say, he knows exactly what the audience yeah. is feeling. He, he's very aware. And this, again, like you say, it's it's this idea of he's building the expectations but not giving you what you want. And it feels like he's done that just out of spite almost. To be fair, though, most of the time I think it works in our favour. Like Most of the time it gives us something that's really exciting. Whereas this scene, I think beyond just being like a really weird scene for a lot of reasons we'll get into... It also goes on far too long. Now, obviously, Lynch likes to draw out scenes. He likes to have his awkward uh, silences between lines and all that kind of thing. Uh, this scene, it was less awkward silences and more just lots and lots of nagging to the point where it actually started to feel like nagging to us. Yeah. I mean, even in this episode, there was, you know, the, those things like uh, it was, what was it? it was a between Ben and Truman when they kept going, yeah, like in the scene, mm. they said, yeah, like so many times. And it felt like, you know, that was a Lynch thing, you know, where like, oh, this is just one of those things that kind of adds a lot of time onto the scene just because of how much they say it. Whereas this here was like, uh, but th that was kind of amusing because there were like, these two men doing the same thing. Yeah, Whereas yeah. here it was like, 
just it was just to kind of hammer home the point that wasn't really needed. Right. So first of all, when she finally puts on her coat, it's red. Just for the record. Oh yeah, I, I had that coat yeah, way early on. It was right. over her, so, over her arm. Um, so let's break down the details. I wrote down a lot because this was the other thing about the scene. There was like three new character names that came up. Yeah. That we'd never seen before. Uh, one that we've heard before as well. On top of that, um, but not seen unless it's a character who we think it may be, but it may not be. So. Theoretically, Billy's someone we've not seen. We've heard him being shouted on. Someone committed a diner. You know, yeah. has anyone seen Billy? And then we find out he's been missing for two days. Uh, so you know, yeah, give you some of the timeline. Uh, so Audrey's looking for Billy. She's concerned. He's been missing for two days. Audrey's very hostile with this guy who turned out to be her husband named Charlie. Which, you know, first of all, like, all oh, right, okay, she's married to this this guy named Charlie. Yeah. Uh, so that's the thing. Um, then when she gets angry, she admits that she's having an affair with Billy, and you know she she mocks her husband, you know, get no balls, all that kind of thing, and then she gets concerned because she said, and I think this is a running thing as well, the idea of dreams coming into a lot of things this, this season. This is this is one of the notes that, that a lot of this I kind of just wrote down sparingly, where this bit I, I got you know yeah circled around. She said she saw him in a dream last night and he had a bloody nose or a bloody mouth or something. He like was, was said it, he was bleeding from his nose and mouth. Oh, both. Okay, right. I'm, <laughs> I'm right. Cool. Uh, and, so, and she says, and sometimes dreams turn out to be true. Yes. Yeah, that's a very interesting line. I wonder if that's like, if she was raped in a coma, did she dream about it and then wake up and find out, oh shit, I'm pregnant? Yeah. That or, or just the idea of, you know, she had that relationship with Cooper and mm. I think Cooper, Cooper was very open about his dreams and things That's happening true, yeah. and coming true. And I think maybe maybe she just picked something up from him, if, if nothing else. She definitely seems like she's not she's not quite the odd we left off on. She's definitely a bit colder, maybe maybe a bit more reverted to her cynicism that she had at the start of the show. And I wonder if that's again a sign of you know Cooper's not been around. Like he has a good effect on her. And yeah, he he, he brought her up. Yeah, and but but him being missing for so long and for the, the life that Doppelcoop kind of. I mean, let, I mean, if her theory's right, if the, the ongoing theory's right that he did have sex with her or possibly rape her when she was in a coma, like, he literally implanted her with evil <laughs> yeah. to, 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 put it, to put it... And, and that's got to bleed through to her, surely. You, you, yeah, you, you would think. Um, or, or just at its core, Cooper's not around and that's had a bad effect. And, you know, when Cooper does... If, if and when he comes back, does that have... Does she start to feel like her old self again because of that? Um, so... So then we get a lot of these details of characters we don't really know. Uh, Tina was the last person to see Billy before he went missing. Um, and Charlie's still being resistant and she's like, okay, why don't you say in the papers? And obviously I think your mind jumps to the divorce papers. Maybe they're in that place where this is this is breaking down. So maybe it's, not, I went to, yeah. maybe it's not a total affair. Maybe it's like they're already like breaking up and that's when this has started or whatever. You know. Um, and then... When he says he wants to run the papers by his lawyer, she says, "Maybe I'll have, maybe I'll run them by Paul." And he's like, "You do that to me?" Like he gets offended. Like you, you go to Paul. Like, because that's Paul. Like, why, why yeah. is he good with papers? <laughs> um, is he another lawyer? Or what? Um, he doesn't want to sign. Certainly, uh, he he's very against it. Um, so th- then he says, right, "Okay, I'm going to phone Tina. Let me call Tina. See what she has to say." I wouldn't say you're here. So you get the idea that Tina and Audrey aren't in good terms. He also says, and this is a really interesting point, well, as far as it can be interesting, we don't know who these characters are, says, Tina won't be able to talk if her husband's there, but I'll try. 
Yeah, and obviously, uh, she she was told that Tina was the last person to to see him by but, uh, Chuck. Yes, by Chuck. But they do say, but yeah, Charlie mentions that Chuck stole his car or his yeah, truck. That, that, yeah, that was the next. But it was a truck. It was Billy's truck. Uh, Chuck is unreliable, um, and she's the one. He's the one that told Audrey that Tina last saw Billy. Chuck stole Billy's truck about a week ago, whatever it was. He said. Uh, police found it and it was returned to him so Billy dropped the charges yeah also just on a uh, a naming linguistic point it's really weird to have a Chuck and a Charlie given yeah. that both are derivative of Charles a little bit um, obviously one of the theories is that Billy was the guy who the truck came back to now I don't think obviously that the, this incident he's speaking about about his truck being taken can't be that incident because that was way before this that would have happened and plus we knew Richard had it um, yeah. that said we don't know if necessarily Richard is the one who stole it like Richard had it later you know in that day but I mean he may not have been the one who took it someone else may have took it um, that's true who, who's to say Chuck's not one of the you know the henchmen for Red or something like that like he could be you know, yeah we, we literally don't know who this guy is yeah because so, we've got nothing to work on with this scene at least from the, the way they phrase it here though it sounds like this truck stealing incident happened you know because the kid only died a couple of days ago, uh, in time. Yes. So it sounds more like this was, this was before ago. that. Yeah. That said, though, uh, the idea that this is still the same truck, though, and it was taken again, and then because we know that that guy was met a shop for a meeting with Andy, you know, the guy you know mm. the truck came back to. If that is Billy, um, <laughs> who Audrey's having an affair with, apparently, um, if that is Billy, then we know that he did not show up for that meeting, and we got that ominous music as we saw the house, as if you know he's not maybe there or something like that. Uh, so that that would all hold up uh, if he does turn out to be Billy. There's a lot of evidence there to suggest that he could be, but it, again, there's also nothing that says it has to be him. Like, it could easily be someone. That's else. it. It's all circumstantial at this point. Um, so yeah, that was that. So then it goes on the phone, um, and we only get Charlie's reaction. We don't get to hear what Tina's saying. Uh, but he starts saying things like, oh my goodness, you know, he's taken aback by what he's, what she's telling him. Uh, she's saying things, he says things like, I won't, I promise. Uh, and then he says at the end, yes, me too. And obviously, I won't, I promise, you assume is him promising not to tell Audrey <laughs> what he's yeah. just heard. I will say my favourite thing about this scene was during this, just watching Audrey's reactions. Every time he said a line and it cut to her and you just watched her face change. Oh, it was like, see, see when he apologised for phoning so late, he's like, oh. Why have you been so nice to that bitch? Don't, don't. Yeah. That was the reaction on her face. It was, it was, and, then, and then when it was like, oh, interesting, and she was like, oh, what is it? Yeah. And then she got yeah. frustrated towards the end because, like, hurry up, wrap this up, tell me. And then yeah. I will admit, I did enjoy the ending when she's screaming at him. You're not even going to tell me what she said? Like, she's screaming it out. Like, it's. Like, mm. I, I liked the ending. The ending was funny. Um, the scene did go on far too long, though. <laughs> it did. It did. went on too long. It was about a lot of names we didn't know, uh, and it made it hard to get into it in the same especially since you know we're episode 12 and it feels a lot two thirds through yeah it feels a little bit late to start introducing so many names that might not be that important um then again though sometimes with lynch we look back on it later and go oh this all fits some of these things once we have more information it, it, uh, it. I, th I think the problem is it's just poor introduction handling because it's it, like you say it's a really long scene it's dense there's a lot of information a lot of names a lot of exposition and yeah. it's yeah it's kind of hard to care about what's going on when you're just trying to learn. Okay, you're just trying to keep up almost instead of actually uh, like enjoying what's happening. You're trying to keep up. You're also still kind of in shock that Audrey's back <laughs> because we're not seeing yeah. her. 
who seems to have been living in Twin Peaks the whole time. Doesn't seem like she's even gone. Like she, she's no, she seems, to seems to be yeah. still be there. Uh, so hopefully we get more of her in the next coming episodes, and we maybe learn a bit more about what's going on in a more concrete way. That's not just all yeah. these names. Uh, but I mean, I, I'm interested in some of it. But it was definitely. You know, for for a scene we've been hyping up all like, oh, how's Audrey going to come back and how's this? Uh, combined with the hype on Twitter this weekend, it, it, it was hard not to feel a little bit, especially since it was going on so long. I was like, okay, there's not going to be much after this scene now. We're getting late on in the episode. This is probably yeah. we're we're wrapping up soon after this. Uh, but here you go. So disappointing scene overall. Uh, although I am happy to have Audrey back and she still has her chops. I thought I thought she was. You now some of the funny yeah. beats were were playing out quite well. Which is good. Definitely. So, uh, let me cut back to Diane and the bar. Uh, what I thought was interesting about this scene, before she goes to her phone, uh, the barman gives her gives her a drink. And she says, I know you're closed. Uh, thanks. She's still, she's, she's like, he didn't have to serve her. It's like, no, we're, we're closed. And I, I took that to mean we're kind of getting into overtime here. And maybe, maybe it's just a representation of the show as a whole this season. Like, this is kind of a second chance that we shouldn't have. It's closed. That we, yeah. you know, it's almost like lunch in the audience you should be thankful for whatever you get because you wouldn't have had this yeah. at all yeah it's like she doesn't even order anything in particular it's just or we never see her do yeah. order anything in particular it's just like right here you go and it's like look be grateful you've got something yeah and, and maybe that's been a little bit too cynical with my interpretation but it certainly felt like yeah we're in overtime but you're still getting something so be thankful for it um, and it does feel like she just sat down because she, she sort of like you know, that's what that's what it Yeah, it felt like she just walked in. So, um, so that was interesting. And of course, the the main thing here is she remembers the coordinates from the arm. She tapes them into her, her GPS. I will say that's what that's my one problem with this episode. Like, well, like in terms of a like in in this sense that we have that flashback of her hmm. memorizing it, and I felt that was really strange because Lynch has never shown any need to remind the audience of something like that. He's always trusted us to remember information like that. So just seeing like the flashback of her, you know, memorizing it and looking over the shoulder, it was kind of like, hey, in case you miss that, that's how she has this information. I don't think that was the purpose of it. I just, I don't know. I just. So actually, you're going to the, the, the layman's like solution for that like that's why it's there i don't really have a proper answer for you to be honest to replace it it is a little bit weird because he doesn't usually do that which is why i think there's more more of a reason for it than just oh let's remain the audience because he doesn't he does he, does, he, does just he doesn't the that's what i mean it feel but that's almost that's to a that, fault at times <laughs> right exactly but that's how that felt it was like in case anyone missed her looking over the shoulder because she wasn't the focal point of that scene at that time I, I I still don't think that's the correct reading of it. I don't think it's as simple as all. It's just to remind the audience that she did this. I think it's more because she's only just remembering she did that to go and look at to go look because she's she, she's had like a full day to look this up. Yeah, and she's not done it. And I think the purpose is more we get the flashback of her remembering it. So and it's it's not just one scene either. It, it cuts between it a couple of times as she's as she's thinking about it. And I think that's to emulate the idea that she's because she she did this little trick where she's. She's saying the word out coordinates plus two, and it's almost like she's attributed a, a number or maybe a pair of numbers to each letter, because she's sort of saying yeah. it out, and you see on the flashback kind of saying it out. And I'm wondering if the reason why it intercuts it is because it's like she remembers that she's like okay, co, and she remembers that chunk of it, and it's cutting between them to emulate the way she's remembering it. Yeah, maybe I, I, it wasn't working for me at all. I thought her her face, just the acting 
but you could see the remembering was enough. That's fair. I, I just I just want to defend. I don't think it's just. I want the audience well, to remember. I, I, I'm not saying that's what it is because obviously that, that, that that's why I feel like it's so particularly strange because that's what it felt like to me. It, it, I'm not saying that's why it, it was it, there, but that's it what never it felt bothered like. me. I, I agree, it's weird because he doesn't usually do it, but it never like it, it was over quick. I never feel like it lingered long yeah. than it needed to. I guess I guess it just bothered me because it doesn't do that before. Like it, it never has done that, so it felt like this was a, a weird moment. Hmm. Anyway, so she types the cards into the phone. And you know it's it's that thing where you're on Google Maps and it's like you're, you're too zoomed out and you can't see. Yeah, so you, you see tracking a bit. So yeah, yeah, she she zooms in a little bit with her thumbs and she's getting closer. And obviously, I'm sitting there in my, my seat. I'm going, it's going to say Twin Peaks. Isn't it? Yeah, is, is anyone not expecting that at it's this good. point? Like, so is is there any other possible thing it can land on that would, you know, justify that build? I'm sitting there like a giddy school girl. That's going, going to be Twin Peaks. Going to say Twin Peaks. And no matter how much I was expecting it, I, I still grin like a madman when it. She, she did, zoomed in that one last time, and it actually popped in Twin Peaks, and it's like, yes, well, like everything's going to converge somehow. So we know why. At least some characters are going there now. It's just a case of okay, how does how does actual Cooper end up going there? Like, does he remember first and then go, or does some someone take him there? You know, does, does the FBI find him and take him there? You know, all that kind of thing. Mm. But it does definitely feel like if this is the end of Act Two of this eighteen-hour movie, it definitely feels like okay, that's the a key point here where we know that Twin Peaks is the ultimate. I mean, we, we could have guessed that at the start of the show, sure, but this is the, this is the show confirming. No, 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 everything is going to converge in Twin Peaks. It's like okay, showdown's coming now. Yeah. Um, and I do think it's interesting that immediately after that that shot, it cuts to a, a flyover shot of the trees of Twin Peaks. And what I thought was especially interesting about it is that, is that it, as it's tracking through the forest, there's some trees that are higher, and it goes through two of them, as yeah. if as if it's entering Twin Peaks, as if to say, "This is us getting here now," kind of thing. Yeah, I, I just would say it wasn't a cut to it. It was this really gorgeous fade. Oh, sure. Like, yeah. It was. I because it was one of those. It was one of the few times this I've really written, uh, written down like the edit because I thought it was fantastic. Mm. No, the that's, way it that's faded fair. Into it. Um, yeah, but like, like I say, the, the point being that it, it's yeah we're getting there kind of in the story now. Yeah, like, finally. We're, like, this is. The, uh, and and to go time. back to you know the 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 scene with the Lynch and the woman, it was kind of like look, it took time, but eventually, Albert got what he wanted. She left. You just had to wait, and it, that kind of feels like look, we've taken time, but here you go. It's not to say that we're going to be there next episode. We're not. Like we've got stuff yeah. to deal with before we get all these characters to Twin Peaks. But this was this was the show saying we're getting here. Like it's this it's yeah. almost time. Um, Definitely. So then we had one final scene in the Roadhouse, and much like Richard's introduction back in like five or six, whenever that was. Much like the two junkies we had in the, the Roadhouse, we had this set of characters who we'd never really seen before, who talk about various things, um, and it's almost like, given that the, the stuff the junkies talked about never really popped up again, or at least hasn't yet, I mean, maybe we'll get mm-hmm. these characters, I mean, the chances of me remembering the names they talked about in that episode when it I, did I, pop up. The only one I remember is Clark, because they said Clark about a thousand times. Oh, no, times. no, 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 not, not this one. The junkies. Oh right! Oh, the junkies. I remember these ones. I've got it written down. I, just oh, I, I, I didn't one. write down all the names of this yeah, one. Yeah, Tet. No, I'm talking about the junkie I, I, scene. Right. Okay. Yeah, I don't remember most of them now. Of course you don't. Why, why yeah. would you? Um, but no. So, so I feel like that. If nothing else, this is to 
give us a sense of the overall going on to Twin Peaks where, you know, like we keep saying, it's a bit darker, it's a bit more of a shithole. And, and I think it's just a sense of showing us this is a lived-in town and it's it's wider than just the characters that we know. Yeah, it's kind but of again, again it's, rein- of... it's reinforcing that things aren't quite right. Most people yeah. are going through bad experiences in Twin Peaks right now. Um, yeah. every, every single time we've had characters talk about something like this, it's always... You know, in, in this case, it's you know one character is getting cheated on by someone she she seems to really like. You know, this Clark guy seems to be cheating on Angela with uh, Mary because one of them seen it. The characters in the scene are Abby and Natalie. Natalie is the one who has the accent. Abby's the Asian girl, and they're talking about this. Um, they also, yeah. So eventually, this this uh, they start talking. Actually, they bring up that she's off her meds. Yeah, and then they say, "Oh no, no wonder she's going through a rough time. She's uh, losing her mother like that." Uh, interesting. It could come up. I don't know. Uh, who's lost their mother recently? I can't think of anyone. But I don't know. But it's, it's another one of that. Not quite, but fatherhood. You know, like the idea of the the parents being absent. Oh sure, yeah. Just to play, just to play into the themes of the episode. It's just the idea of, you know, the, the idea of the the absent parent is affecting their their life decisions in some way right now. And then a guy named Trick jumps into the scene, kind of out of breath, kind of like a little disgruntled. He's like, oh, then I guess what just happened to me? Someone else ran, up, ran me off the road. The farmer had to help me out. Um, and I immediately went, Doppelcoop. Yeah, I was, I was like, he doesn't care anymore. He's steaming ahead. Doppelcoop is arriving in Twin Peaks. That, that is my prediction based on what this guy said. I agree. I think Doppelcoop ha- like, has an entrance almost about it. Like he's yeah. like, I, I don't care who gets it, it, her. I'm you get out of my way, basically. Hmm. Yeah, I, I think that's Doppelcoop. I think he's in Twin Peaks, um, and I don't necessarily think we'll see him next episode. I mean, we might. We might. Next it, it episode, be time be, to check in with him next time. Next episode, maybe all Doppelcoop for all I know, given the way this show jumps around. But um, no, I think that's him making his entrance, and yeah. So yeah, they also mentioned that Trick was under house arrest, and. Because uh, one of the girls thinks he's under house arrest, and says, "No, no, he was, but that's behind him now." Uh, and then Abby seems to like Trick because she's because they say, "Oh, he's a free man now," and it's almost got this this extra connotation or this extra meaning behind it. It's like, "Oh, yeah, he's, he's available now," yeah. and that seems to make Abby quite happy. And again, if I keep comparing things to Cooper, you know, being out of the lodge after twenty five years, you know, he was under house arrest. He's a free man now. You know, mm-hmm. I feel like yeah. all, all the at least at the very least all these scenes with these characters we never seem you know we never get again they, they seem very one and dones. They always seem to bring up some sort of thematic point about they something do. else yeah. that's going on. Um, I will say I do think it's weird though that if if you remember Richard's introduction, that was when we had the the, the table next to him had all the girls, mm-hmm. and one of them was Jane Levi. I do think it's extremely weird that we've not seen more of Jane Levi, given that she's a pretty you know known actress now. Maybe that was the point. Like it was the idea of, oh, we're we're, we're expecting to see more of her because it's Jane Levi. But then again, we've not seen more. We've not seen Big Ed at all yet. I mean, oh, he's in it, so that's just a good point. S- still time. Where the hell is he? I think it Audrey till episode twelve. So I, mean, I guess I shouldn't be surprised. It's, it's kind of crazy to think we're two thirds through now, and this is. I mean, we we've spoke a lot about expectations this episode, mm. and I think at this point in the show, it's so clear this this entire season is not at all what we expected. Oh yeah, so what no one expected. It's I, I don't think anyone could have expected this because it's intentionally done things so differently. 
Yeah, which I think Lynch was always going to do. I don't think Lynch oh, was ever yeah. going to just do. Exa- he was never going to do Twin Peaks: The Force Awakens, which was hey, let's give you the exact same thing with some fun callbacks and you know, right. go and, through the uh, motions. I don't think we expected that. No, certainly not. Uh, but I don't think anyone expected it to be. Like, I don't. I don't think anyone expected. Oh, we'd be two thirds through and still not really have Cooper. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, like, yeah, I don't think anyone even when that. we were watching this, you know, three, four episodes in, we were still going. It's not going to be, you know, two thirds till we get him. Yeah, yeah, I think my prediction at the time was the the break because we were going to be off for a week. I thought maybe the end of the the, the first half would be when he comes back in. Uh, right now, it very well could be the last, you know, double episode. It could well be. Yeah. If that's the game plan, I am okay. I'll see what he does. It's, and... That's it. It's at, at one point I'm I'm inevitably a little bit disappointed because I want more, but by its nature, you want to see that. But alternatively, you, you, I, I trust that it's the, there for the story. Yeah, exactly. So um, I, I am clearly, I'm still pumped. This was a very weird episode. It was very half and half. Uh, the back half was definitely, a, you know, especially after last week, which was like arguably the, the second best episode of the entire season. Mm. It was such a, I was on such a high coming off of last week's episode. And then I started hyping things on Twitter. Like I would end with these soaring expectations. Um, and then it ended up being, you know, probably a lower tier episode of the season. Yeah, it's it's not as, it's definitely not as bad as uh, one before last, which I think we agreed was the worst. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, even that though, I think, I think in retrospect, I, I don't think, had, had, had yeah, I don't some, think it was bad, but yeah. I think it was definitely the weakest individual episode. And I think, I think it'll be interesting when we get to the end. And I also think, Maybe part of the reason why an episode like this feels a bit more disappointing than it should right now is because, oh, we've only got six hours left. Uh, yeah. yeah. Use every minute valuably. Yeah, yeah. And then that Audrey scene where we're, we should be going, oh, my God, it's Audrey. This is this is great. Give us give us what we can get. But instead, I felt like... Wait, what? What's going on? Yeah, I was like, <laughs> cut this scene shorter. Even even though that means less Audrey, I was like, I, we don't need this. Give me Audrey doing something else if, if you, if you, you want to give that. me Audrey. But, Two episodes time, it might be like, oh no, that scene was absolutely essential. Everything that was in it, that, we that's it, isn't it? I, I can't say for certainty, but that's how I felt watching it. But yeah, certainly on face value, on our first viewing, that Audrey scene was a little bit disappointing. I'll say yeah. that. So, um, but hey ho, um, hopefully, hopefully next week we will uh, be back with another heavy hitter in terms of Twin Peaks episodes. But that is. That is us once again. So thank you very much for watching, guys. Let us know what you thought of the episode of Twin Peaks. And the comments below, like, subscribe, all that stuff. Get us on Twitter, mailed underscore fuzz for channel updates. You can support the channel. If you go over to patreon.com slash TV if you want to help out and, you know, get more of everything we do here and all that kind of thing. Uh, you can do that over there. But otherwise, guys, that is us. So thank you very much once again for watching. Keep watching TV. Have you got any vanilla?